Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. I'm Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source and co-host of this podcast. I'm joined by Nicole Vulcan, our editor. We are powered by The Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. We are really glad and fortunate that you're taking some time out of your day to listen to us chat with people who shape our local community. Today, we're chatting with a member of the Greater Idaho Movement. That effort is to move Oregon's border and fold more counties into the state of Idaho. I'm here with Matt McCaw, as the Crook County Move Oregon's Border Captain and has been actively involved with both Move Oregon's Border and Citizens for Greater Idaho for almost two years. He is a lifelong Oregonian raised in Bend, father and foster parent of eight. He and his wife own several small businesses they currently live in Powell Butte. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Yeah. Um, so for those not familiar, can you describe what the effort is in more detail and talk about what it takes uh, to make something like this actually happen? Sure. So the Greater Idaho Movement or Move Oregon's Borders is a, a movement that basically, um, it's about self-determination and it's about matching people's government with their values. So uh, I was born and raised in Oregon. I've lived here my whole life. And, and that entire time, there's been a huge divide between the west side of Oregon, uh, particularly the northwest section of Oregon and the east side. Uh, different culture, different uh, politics, different economics. And um, so over time, that divide has gotten bigger and bigger. And where we used to have a situation where uh, in Oregon government, the east side would, or, or conservatives would have the House and the Senate and Democrats would have the governorship. Over the last 15, 20 years, that has changed. And, and now um, it, we have super majorities of, of Democrats. And so what's ended up happening is that, that folks on the east side who are very conservative, vote very conservatively, um, they've seen their voice, they've seen their political um, power wane over those years to the point where um, they feel like they're not being heard. They feel like their concerns are not being heard. And they feel like um, they identify much more closely with Idaho. And, and so in, in our specific situation in Oregon, we do border a state that is much more like Eastern Oregon than Western Oregon is. Uh, Idaho has a very similar culture, very similar um, economics, very similar just geography as Eastern Oregon does. And so the people of Eastern Oregon feel like they would be better represented if they had governance from the state of Idaho than from the state of Oregon. So that's what we've been doing over the course of the last two years. We've been going, so, so we had, the, the movement started with a bunch of people just thinking, man, how could we help solve this urban rural divide? How could we, we're getting such a, you know, it's getting so toxic. And so uh, we feel like we're not being heard over here. What are some solutions to that? And the idea came up, well, what if we moved the border? So borders can be moved. There's, there's a legal mechanism for borders to be moved. They have been moved. Um, it, all it takes is two states to get together and, and the two state legislatures get together and say, um, we wanna move the border to here, uh, form an interstate compact, agree to it, and then have that signed off by the US Congress. Um, so our idea was, what if we took the Oregon-Idaho border and moved it from where it currently is over to you know, essentially the Cascade Mountain Range so that Eastern Oregon, which identifies much more closely with Idaho than with Western Oregon, got governance from Idaho instead of Western Oregon. Okay. 
So, I mean, clearly, you know, one of the questions you probably get often is, what is the likelihood of this happening, considering that both legislatures and Congress have to agree and Oregon is in a blue supermajority? Yeah, so so that is a question we get a lot, is, is this just a pipe dream? Is this a waste of time? And, and I can tell you, I wouldn't be doing this if I thought it was a waste of time. I actually think it's a great solution to what's been a longstanding problem. Um, borders can move borders have moved. Oregon changed its border with Washington in 1958. So uh, when states were founded and and, uh, our country was founded, there was an expectation that borders would move. They have moved between states. They've moved uh, moved whole counties back in the 1800s into other states. New states are formed. Um, There's this idea that people change, cultures change, and and you may want to reorganize or change how you organize people. Um, So the likelihood of it happening, really the biggest hurdle to it happening is, is the political will to make it happen. So our strategy was, we had this idea and we thought it was a great idea, but it doesn't matter what a bunch of you know people sitting around think is a good idea. What we needed to know is do the people of Eastern Oregon think this is a good idea? So our strategy was to get on the ballot in each county by county in Eastern and Southern Oregon, um, because Southern Oregon is also quite different than Northwest Oregon. Um, as far as those things, culture, you know, uh, the way they vote, the, the way they make their living. Um, so we, over the last two years, we've been going county by county. And what we're finding is that when we put this question in front of voters in Eastern Oregon, the people pass these measures. They say, we want our elected leaders to look into moving the border. We love this solution. We want uh, people to pursue it. Um, so if we have the will of the people, that's the most important thing, right? That's what people want. So, so the difficulty is going to be getting elected leaders to come together and solve some sticky issues. But, um, but I'm confident, and in, in we're confident as a movement that we will get there because people inherently understand and, and that you know there's people are different and and uh, people want different governance. They want different things, and um, that when you get to a point where you know you're in a relationship like. Eastern Oregon is with the state of Oregon, where they don't feel heard, they don't feel respected, they don't feel like their concerns are met, and they just simply want to leave, they want to just join another state. Uh, People understand that when people are unhappy in a relationship, you let them go. There was some polling done um, in January by SurveyUSA, and they polled people in Northwest Oregon, and they asked them, you know, would you, do you support looking into moving the border so that, uh, you know, Eastern Oregon can become part of Idaho? And 68% of respondents said, yes, we want our elected leaders to do that. Um, so our job now, now that we know that it's something that the people want, the people of Eastern Oregon want, the people of Western Oregon uh, would, you know, understand and be okay with, our job is to get those two uh, groups of people that can actually make that happen the two legislatures to get them together to start talking to start hammering out what this would look like. So Matt, it, I mean, given that, like you said, places change. I mean, you grew up in Bend. You were born here. I mean, Bend has changed quite a bit since those times. I mean, I when I moved here, Bend was firmly red uh, and conservative. It's it's purple now. Um, wouldn't I mean when I think about Idaho? I, I mean it. It appears a little bit to me like a young Oregon in that, you know, Boise is changing, that that center of government is is booming, it's becoming more urban. We know the trend is when these cities become more urban. 
aren't you risking a little bit of pulling these people into a situation where the politics in Idaho could could flop on them as you know by the time you finish something like this? Well, yes. I mean, if yes, the basis it, for this is politics. Yeah, well, it's it's and it's it is politics partly, but it's it's all of the above, right? It's culture, it's economics, it's politics, it's it's uh, everything. You know, it's just a way of life is different. Um, is there the potential for that to happen? Absolutely. Uh, you know, Boise or not Boise, particular, but Idaho has been one of the fastest growing states for five years, and it's because people are self-sorting. They're they're moving there to get governance that matches their values. Those people, a, a good chunk of people in the last couple three years, have said we're out, you know, we're going to, we're going to move somewhere that reflects uh, our values better. Um, but one of the things about redrawing the border would be, so, so Idaho is a very conservative state. It votes very conservatively. Eastern Oregon is also very conservative. You got 400,000 people in Eastern Oregon that would be absorbed into the state of Idaho. So it would buffer against a growing urban Boise uh, it would keep Idaho, it would help keep Idaho, Idaho, and it would help keep Oregon, Oregon. So Matt, what would, what would be the incentive for Democrats to go for a proposal like this? Or would the idea be just like, you know, they're over there, we're here, we don't want to, we don't want to see them at cocktail parties anymore. I don't want to have to go to church with any of them. We're, we're done. Yeah, no. So I, I think the the number one reason is for Democrats to go along is because it's what people are saying they want. It's what the people in Eastern Oregon are saying they want. And it's what the people in Western Oregon are saying they understand. They understand that the people in Eastern Oregon do not have any voice at this point and, and that decisions are being made for Eastern Oregonians from Northwestern Oregon. Um, and so even folks in Northwest Oregon are saying they understand why we want to leave and we should look at, at letting us go. So uh, that would be one reason. Another reason is that economically, Northwest Oregon uh, ends up subsidizing Eastern Oregon. Eastern Oregon, while Eastern Oregon has a very similar um, uh, per capita income as Idaho, it's less than in Northwest Oregon. So, so the west side of Oregon ends up, ends up subsidizing Eastern Oregon because they just, more money is, is on the west side. Um, so by letting, letting Eastern Oregon go, that would allow Western Oregon to keep those tax dollars that, that they are right now shipping to Eastern Oregon. They could keep them and they could use that to, to solve the problems that they have that are specific to Western Oregon that we don't deal with out here. So, I mean, of course, then, you know, you have that argument for Oregon. What does that mean for Idaho? Are, are you, is the thinking that because of the regulatory environment, there would be those counties in Eastern Oregon would be able to produce more revenue for Idaho under Idaho's rules? Well, yes. Yeah. So, so that and Eastern Oregon is very similar per capita to Idaho. So it's not like, you know, Idaho would be adopting all these poor counties. They'd be adopting counties that are very similar to the counties that they've already got. Um, but this, that second part that you said is, is absolutely true. Idaho, because it has an economy uh, and geography similar to Eastern Oregon, it, it, they have different regulations, environmental policy, different uh, you know, rules and regulations for their businesses that those people in Eastern Oregon think would help them thrive, uh, much more so than the, the policy that's coming out of Western Oregon. 
Um, well, I want to turn to a moment just to talk about Crook County. Now, you mentioned that the counties have had an opportunity to vote. It's really kind of a non-binding sort of a poll in my understanding. But Crook County voted against being in favor of this. So what does that mean for you as the, you know, as the guy kind of representing Crook County in this yeah. movement? So, so I will correct you. So Crook County okay. has not had an opportunity to vote on this yet. So right. So okay. We, yes. Thank you for that. We have... Uh, we have one in nine Eastern Oregon counties. We have two more counties that are coming up for a vote in November and then May in Eastern Oregon. Um, and, but there are several counties, Crook County, Billiam County, Wheeler County, who we have not been able to vote yet. And, and the reason for that, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of complicated, but, but in, in short, our strategy was to put a, a gather signatures for a petition and get a ballot measure in front of county voters. Um, the specific language that's required for those ballot measures is is pretty specific and it's interpreted differently county by county. Right. So as it turns out, county clerks have a lot of say as to whether they'll allow a petition to move forward or not. So in most counties in Eastern Oregon, we were able to get our petitions on uh, collecting signatures and get on the ballot. Some of those counties, like Crook County, have rejected multiple attempts by us uh, to get a ballot measure going. I, I, live, in, I live in Crook County. I, you know, I, uh, I can assure you that, that I, I know that there's a lot of popular support for this in Crook County. We just haven't had a chance to actually have our voice heard on it yet. So for those counties that haven't voted, county commissioners can put an advisory question on the ballot. So when we gather signatures for a petition, we can't just say, we'd love to just say, hey, do you want to be part of Idaho? That would be the most clear, concise way to get a gauge of what the people want. But you can't do that with the uh, uh, petition. It has to be, you know, you kind of have to work around it. And so what these counties are voting for, like you were saying, is what they're voting is to say, we want our elected leaders to explore this and look into the pros and cons by holding three meetings a year mm -hmm. or, or something like that. But county commissioners can put an advisory ballot or advisory question straight to the ballot. So that happened in Josephine County this last May, in this election last month in, uh, in May, is that they put a direct question on the ballot. Do you want to be part of Idaho if, if the border changes? And it actually lost in Josephine yeah. County. It, went, it was close. It was like 51-49. Um, but the, the county commissioners now know, hey, this is what our people want to do, and we don't want to be part of this. And that's why our original proposal was we thought Southern Oregon would want to be part of this also, um, just because I said, because they their culture is different and, and their politics is more closely aligned with Eastern Oregon than Northwest Oregon. Um, but we went to a vote in two counties in Southern Oregon in May, and we lost both of them. They were both close, but we lost both of them. And so we've revised our proposal and we're going to move forward just with Eastern Oregon. We're not looking to force or drag anybody into this that doesn't want to be part of it. Uh, but we do want to advocate for those people that are saying, you know, please try to make this happen. Matt, let me ask you. Glimpse, you, Idaho had a chance to have a beach and now it's... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we were disappointed, but, um, but it is what it is. The, the people had a, a chance to have their say and, and uh, a majority of people said that they did not want to pursue that. Um, it doesn't mean that if, if the border talks go forward and, and uh, in a year, we're much further down the line, that voters in these counties may want to revisit. But for now, we're moving forward. We have a lot of counties in Eastern Oregon that have said overwhelmingly, 
uh, we want to, to do this. So we're, we're moving forward with it. Now, let me ask you on a specific, um, is about taxes and, and um, the difference between Idaho and, and Oregon. With Idaho having a, <clears throat> you guys proffer that um, people moving over to Idaho would pay less taxes. Although I know Oregonians will go to their deathbed before they'll pay sales tax. So, I mean, when you talk about people moving over there, does that come up much? Like we got to get over there to Idaho and kill that sales tax before we move or anything like that? No, but I can tell you've been here a while if you know the long uh, history of <laughs> Oregon and their disdain for sales tax. Um, hey, I'm on record as being pro sales tax. I'm not a liked person in a lot of places, but you know, Probably yeah, East yeah. Oregon, the least. But go ahead. <laughs> you know, you know, honestly, when we talk to people, it, it really is a values thing. They, uh, yeah. there are so many issues that that folks in Eastern Oregon and Western Oregon just don't see eye to eye on. And and for most people over here, it's a matter of policies being forced on them. They don't want. Um, you know, regulations, uh, things like that, uh, taxes, yes, but, but really it's about matching people. I mean, I mean that, that's, that's what the whole movement is about, is, is matching people's governance to their values and so that they have the kind of government that they want and not government that's forced on them by a group of people that is very different than them and, and lives a long ways away. Well, that's what, that's what I'm most curious about is, is, is what's going to happen when that value set meets sales tax. Because I know that, that although that's not prescribed as a value, it is some of those hardcore values that I think are, you know, rubber hits the road when you, when you start talking about this kind of thing. I mean, we're making light of it, but, you know, there are a lot of these little finer points in the, in the laws between the two states that, you know, while you know, it's a it's mostly conservatives getting together with conservatives over there. There still are some economic hurdles, I think, that would make give people a little head check about jumping into Idaho. Sure. And, and that is absolutely true. And there's going to have to be that, that's why this isn't something that is just, you know, you can't just say willy nilly. Oh, well, you know, we're doing this. There needs to be negotiations. There needs to be hearings in the Oregon legislature. There's already been a hearing in the Idaho legislature about this we need to sit down and, and talk about, okay, what would this really look like? Because uh, people love the idea, but there will be details and, and we'll need to sort those things out. And then at the end of that, make sure people still love the idea. Right. I want to ask kind of like a philosophical question, just you, you, you use the term self-selecting and we, you know, we're seeing this more folks moving to Texas and here and there, and a lot of movement around the country in general to kind of mm -hmm. be near a place that, you feel long, you're more aligned, but you know, it just makes me wonder, you know, are you concerned at all about this kind of fostering the inability to, to work with one another? Because we do have a bigger house that where we do have to work together and that's US Congress and Senate. Um, does it concern you at all that this kind of might foster that, that like intractable differences thing? Personally, it doesn't, uh, no, that doesn't worry me. I, I think that I think that the best path forward for our country with these highly polarized, you know, there, if you go back in time, there, were, there was a time where we agreed on lots and lots and lots of things. You know, everybody kind of agreed on, on the same things. Um, 
I don't know that that's necessarily true anymore. And this is just my own personal feeling. Uh, as, as time has gone on, especially over the last couple, three years, we saw five years, go, go back to 2016. Since 2016, the polarization in this country has gone just you know through the roof. Um, and I, I think that our best chance of working together peacefully is that people get governance that they want and they live and let live, that, that Idaho can be Idaho and, and make rules uh, that are pertinent to Idahoans and, and with their values, and that Western Oregon can be Western Oregon and make rules and, and um, policy that matches up with their values. And, and I think that's our best chance for um, working together peace, peaceably, uh, living with each other. I mean, Matt, I gotta, I gotta just editorialize for a little bit here. I mean, personally, I would be disappointed to see large blocks of Eastern conservatives leaving the state because I think there are a lot of moderates and people who are purple and live in Central Oregon because of the nature of um, how we've been governed up to this point. Is it concerning that you know I'm very concerned about District Five being split and grabbing some pulling us over into Clackamas and and <clears throat> trying to make like-minded voters out of that. But, um, you know, that's just me. I know that concern about, uh, I, I do think it would be more polarizing. I think that would be a, uh, although, you know, we could we could learn to love Idaho a little bit more maybe in, in that situation. But, um, you know, I think it would be kind of a bummer for a lot of moderates because, Invariably, if you move 400,000 of these voters on the other side of the scales, it's going to make Oregon even uh, more extreme in terms of democratic politics. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people, probably a lot of our readers who, who would like that, but I think people who are more in the middle would be disappointed. One of our, um, we did do a story and we, you know, we chatted with Mike McCarter, who's one of the leaders of the movement. Um, and, you know, he gave a little bit of insight about the thinking around Deschutes County. Um, but for the listeners who haven't been privy to that conversation, just tell us what the thinking is around, you know, around approaching Deschutes County in general. Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, we're not interested in, in dragging anybody who doesn't want to be part of this into this. Uh, and so when it comes to Deschutes County in particular, um, as Aaron was saying earlier, Bend is, ch is changing. Bend has changed a lot. And, and in Deschutes County, you still have Redmond and Lapine are, are kind of more of your conservative parts of Deschutes County. And then Bend is more of your liberal part of Deschutes County. Um, and so when we were drawing the original proposal, uh, we carved, we basically carved around Bend because it's the biggest population center. And it's we don't think that people would want to be part of Idaho. We could be wrong. We could we could ask in Bend, um, but we just we can kind of look at voting patterns over time and kind of know who's going to be supportive of this and who isn't. Um, and so the decision was made that we didn't want to try to force Bend into something they we didn't think they were going to want to do. Um, so the original proposal was was to carve around, kind of include Redmond, include Lapine, because we thought that they would be more likely to want to be part of it. But when this gets, so we're going to start, we have people on the Idaho side that are ready to uh, put forward like a memorial between from Idaho inviting the Oregon legislature to, to start talks. We're, we're meeting with senators and re uh, representatives in Eastern Oregon as we speak uh, to get a memorial going on this side. Once we start talking about this at the legislative le level, 
And once we start having hearings in, uh, in negotiations, that border can go wherever people want it to go. And, and so it's, you know, we have a proposal based on what we, you know, in, in our minds, what that would look like, but that's really going to come down to um, if, if this gets going in earnest and the, and the two legislatures are talking about really doing this, then I would imagine there's going to be a lot of cities and a lot of counties that are going to want to get something on the ballot really quick to find out whether their people want to be part of this or whether their people want to stay part of Oregon. Undoubtedly, you're talking with these Eastern Oregon legislatures. You've got to be talking to the, the blue state or the blue, the blue legislators as well. And, you know, what do they say? Yeah, well, so there's a lot of, nobody really wants to break up the state, right? Like uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bold proposal and, and it's not something that's done lightly and it's not something that's been considered lightly. Uh, I think it speaks to how, how unheard Eastern Oregonians feel that they're at a position where if you ask them, you know, would you change your state governance if we could? They say, yes, like, I want to do that. Um, so right now, you know, a lot of legislators, they understand where we're coming from. They understand that, that there's a huge problem of Eastern Oregonians not being heard, Eastern Oregonians uh, getting governance they don't want. Um, so they understand that uh, our job is to, to help get them to the point where they start um, saying, okay, we need to do something about this. Does the governor have the ability to to veto this should it pass the legislature? Nicole, that's a good question that I, I don't know. You know, because I'm thinking about the, the governor races and, you know, is there a candidate that you you might favor over another to, you know, sort of further your cause? That's just I, I don't know if there's an answer to that. Just Does it change the dynamic, Matt? Does it change the dynamic if you get a Republican governor in in the well, um, insane. you know, I was, asked, I was asked on another podcast I, I did, like, what happens if there's this huge red wave in Oregon, right? Like, what if there is a huge red wave and there's a, um, a Republican governor and Republican representatives and senators? And, and what I said then and, and how I feel now is we're going to we're going to work with whoever gets elected, whether that's Republican, Democrat, whoever, uh, to advocate for what our voters are saying they want and what they're saying they want is they want to look into moving the border so if it's uh if it's tina kotek then then we'll work with with her if it's betsy johnson if it's christine drazen uh whoever it is we're we're advocating for what our voters are saying they want and that's kind of our philosophy okay. on it well matt when you take your scissors out and you start cutting does just leave us worthy i have a feeling that line's going to be really close yeah. to what just make sure it swerves and we get that so pretty sure that's yeah that's sure. Deschutes County don't don't take it um, is there anything else you want to add before we before we wrap up anything that's um out there that you wish people knew no I I, I don't think so I, I just think uh you know like if if this is something that um that you are just hearing about or whatever um or, or something that you support, let your legislators know that the people in Eastern Oregon are saying that they want to look at moving the border and they want their elected leaders to do that. So if you can let your elected leader know, hey, I'm supportive of this. I think we should do this. I think that we should look into it at a bare minimum. Um, contact your, your state representatives and, and uh, senators and um, let them know. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and I don't know if I want to say good luck, but you know, 
Have a great day. <laughs> Matt, I appreciate you coming and taking the time. Thank you. Yep. Thank right. you. Take care. Bye.